think we can all agree that having more humour and levity in the workplace is a good thing. But maybe you just don't think you're all that funny. Or maybe you think you're a bit funny, but you want to be even funnier. I personally think a lot about humour when I'm writing new keynote presentations. I feel like it's not enough to just have good content. You need to be entertaining too. And often that means making people laugh. But there are days when nothing comes to me and I think to myself, how can I be funnier? Well, it turns out that there are specific things that we can all do to be much funnier at work and in life. My name is Dr. Amantha Imber. I'm an organizational psychologist and the founder of behavioral science consultancy Inventium. And this is How I Work, a show about how to help you do your best work. On today's My Favourite Tip episode, we go back to an interview from the past and I pick out my favourite tip from the interview. In today's show, I speak with Naomi Bagdonis, who teaches humour at the Stanford Graduate School of Business, and she's also the co-author of the best-selling book Humour Seriously. And in this extract of my chat with Naomi, she shares some really practical ways that we can all be funnier at work. So there are some really basic principles of comedy that I have found really accessible. And I should back up for a second and say (laughs) that we're sort of going at this backwards because the, the thing that we say to our students first and foremost is this is not about being funny. It's not about telling jokes. It's not about writing jokes. It's about fundamentally shifting our mindset so that we're navigating our lives on the precipice of a smile. And we use this analogy in the book of the difference between levity, humor, and comedy is similar to the relationship between movement, exercise, and sports. So if you think of those things like a pyramid, you've got on the base floor, levity and movement. These are just the way that we navigate our world. So whether it's our mindset or whether it's our physicality, we know that small shifts in our, you know, whether our shoulders are back or whether our shoulders are hunched, are going to change how people interact with us and how we feel. And similarly, if we navigate our lives on the precipice of a smile versus the precipice of a frown, it's going to change everything. So that first level of levity is really what we're going for. Now, the reason that we spend an entire chapter and more focused on comedy, focused on the craft and the art of comedy, is that comedy is like a sport. There are rules that you follow, there are moves that you make to get the outcomes you want, in this case, laughter. And so our goal there is to teach a few of these moves so that you can just feel more comfortable getting off the couch. Like, right, we're not playing sports. We just want to know what those moves are so that it comes more naturally to us so that we can craft our humor in a way that other people will find funny. So that's a a long digression to say, We're going to talk about comedy for a few minutes, but if you are not a person who's inclined to comedy, Amantha, I know that you are, which is awesome. But for those who are listening who are not, there's so much more here that's actually important outside of of that, just that comedy element. Okay. So with that being said, let's see, a comedy 101. So the two principles I love to share first are number one, at the heart of comedy is truth. And number two, misdirection is key to getting laughs. So think about truth. You often laugh because you think, oh, I I do that, or I've seen people do that, right? There's a recognition that comes that often makes us laugh. And then misdirection occurs when we think someone will zig and instead they, 
ostrich. Right, exactly. Okay, so we think <laughs> they'll go one way and they go the other way. And so one really simple example I give my students is imagine that you are at a dinner party. Remember remember dinner parties, by the way? So such quaint times. <laughs> so you're at this dinner party and you're halfway through the, the second course and you're, one of your friends walks in late and she says, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. Now, this is potentially, you know, she says it with a smile. You're like, okay, that's that's pretty funny. Now, the truth here, sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. The truth is obvious. We've all felt this way where we don't really want to get off the couch. The misdirection is in actually, Amantha, where do you think the misdirection is in that? Sorry, I'm late. I didn't want to come. Well, I guess it's in the, I didn't want to come because nobody expects you to say the truth in that scenario. Exactly right. So we expect a thinly veiled excuse. Sorry, I'm late. Traffic was horrible. Sorry, I'm late. The link didn't work. Sorry, I'm late. It's 2021. We're a full year into a pandemic. Does lateness even matter anymore? So what this means is two things. Number one, comedy isn't about making things up. It's really about being observant, about finding truth in our lives. And this is the most important misperception we find with our students and executives is They'll come to us, you know, an executive will come to me and say, hey, I'm giving a talk. I want to be funny. What joke should I tell? And I'll say, fantastic. I'll push the papers to the side and I'll say, tell me about yourself. What is true for you? What do you like more than other people? What do you dislike more than other people? What areas of contrast or incongruity exist in your life? And we'll do this sort of genuine truth finding where we're mining their lives for authentic material that they can then turn into humor. And then the second thing that this tells us is that structure matters. A seed of an idea often isn't enough. It needs to be encased in a way that leads us in a different direction. So that's why in the book, we go through these techniques from comedians, first mining your life for observations, and then second, applying a couple really easy frameworks. So I'll give a, I'll fly through that sort of process that, that I would go through. So first I'm going to make mundane observations about my life, right? It's not about inventing something from thin air. It's just about noticing what's true. So I might say, I might tell you that my dog is incredibly excited at dinner time, even though he's eating the same food he always eats or how my kids never listen to me or how I go for a walk every day just to change up the day a little bit. So I have these observations. They're not funny, but they're just true. And then you can apply one or more of the techniques that we go over in the book. And the three most common ones are exaggeration, contrast, and rule of three. So I'll use uh, exaggeration and contrast, for example. So Larry David said, I had a wonderful childhood, which is tough because it's hard to adjust to a miserable adulthood, right? So all he's doing here is he's creating <laughs> contrast between how he felt about his childhood and how he feels about his adulthood, and then also using exaggeration because he probably doesn't have a totally miserable adulthood, but you know he's trying to create that. And then the other technique that people find really easy is rule of three. So this is where you make a really simple list where the first two elements lead people in one direction, and then the third reveals something unexpected. So I might say, I miss so many things about in-person office life. You know, I miss uh, the support of eye contact, I miss spontaneous lunches with colleagues and I miss wearing pants, right? So you're sort of going A, B and Apple. Uh, so these are, again, these, they seem like really simple hacks, but once you start noticing the frameworks, 
You'll start seeing them everywhere in comedy, and then they'll start coming more naturally to you as you're trying to turn your humor into something that feels funny. And what about callbacks? Because I feel like people knowing about callbacks might think that's an opportunity for me to be funny, even if I you know, don't feel confident constructing a whole joke. So can you talk about callbacks? Yeah, it's such a great one. So the, the callback is the safest joke to make. And this is where you just make a reference to a moment that already got a laugh. So as one example, I was in a Zoom call the other day and it was a group of CFOs and retired CFOs. And they were all going around the table introducing themselves. And it became clear that it was sort of a ridiculous thing to continue introducing themselves as CFOs because everyone was a CFO. And so, you know, one person says, I'm a CFO. The other person says, I'm a retired CFO. The next person says, I'm a CFO. And then one woman introduces herself and says, I'm a recovering CFO, indicating that she's like recovering from it rather than retired from it. You know, the whole call laughs. Everyone has this shared experience. A couple people later, another woman says, I'm also a recovering CFO. Again, everyone laughs and it's sort of this callback that makes the first person feel good. A little bit later, a third person says, I'm an aspiring recovering CFO, right? So this is now taking that callback and it's building upon it. And again, everyone laughs. So it's really low risk because it's just making reference to something that already got a laugh. It makes the first joke teller feel valued and seen. So it's incredible relationship builder in that way. And in a group of people, it can be a powerful tactic to create an in-group and create an in-group in a way that's, that's powerful and safe and good for the culture rather than one that feels uh, exclusive. That is it for today's show. If you are enjoying How I Work, why not share it around with someone else that you think could benefit? Maybe you know someone who's trying to be funnier or maybe someone who's not that funny, but they could do with an injection of humor in their life. So maybe share this episode with them or just tell them about How I Work in general. How I Work is produced by Inventium with production support from Deadset Studios. Thank you to Martin Imba, who did the audio mix and makes everything sound awesome. I'll see you next time.